Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong with you back again on Talk Zone. So glad that you can be with me. As usual, I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. 90 degrees already today. As you know, my show is a unique blend of humor and opinion, storytelling, and information. There will never be any fake news on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Big show today. We're going to talk about, or at least I'm going to tell you about some of the dumb criminal law stories I've been working on this summer. And I want to talk about presidential pardons. There will be some news tidbits and some riddles. Today is July 27th, 2017. You may remember, some of you may be old enough to remember that 43 years ago, on this day in 1974, the House of Representatives Judicial Committee voted 27 to 11 to adopt the first three articles of impeachment against then-President Richard Nixon. He was not impeached because he resigned, but as I've told you early on this show, the first order of impeachment, or the first article, as they call it, of impeachment, was obstruction of justice. Will history repeat itself 43 years later? Stay tuned, folks. Well, I have been working on some dumb criminal law stories. These stories never go away. Last week, all of my stories were from Florida. This week, they're going to go from other places. But first, uh, Frank Handy, and I've mentioned him before, he's a colleague of mine. He's a writer, and he's a man about town, and he's a fellow who's always coming up with some interesting things. He sent me a little news blurb a little while ago. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to it. It says, subject, climate change warning. The Arctic Ocean is warming up. Icebergs are growing scarcer, and in some places the seals are finding the water too hot, according to a report to the Commerce Department from our consulate in Bergen, Norway. Reports from fishermen, seal hunters, and explorers all point to a radical change in climate conditions and uh, unheard of temperatures in the Arctic zone. Exploration expeditions report that scarcely any ice has been met as far north as 81 degrees and 29 minutes. Soundings to a depth of 3,100 meters showed the Gulf Stream is still very warm. Great masses of ice have been replaced by moraines of earth and stones. The report continued while at many points well-known glaciers have entirely disappeared. Very few seals and no whitefish are found in the eastern Arctic, Arctic Ocean. While vast shoals of herring and smelts, which have never before ventured so far north, are being encountered in the old seal fishing grounds. Within a few years, it's predicted that due to the ice melt, the sea will rise and make most most coastal communities uninhabitable. This is what Frank Candy wrote to me. At the end, he says, I must apologize. I neglected to mention that this report that you just read or just read 
for your listeners, was from November 2nd, 1922, as reported by the Associated Press and published in the Washington Post 94 years ago. So how about that? The more things change, the more they stay the same, huh? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Frank, for sending me that information. Quite timely. All right. Let's move on to some dumb criminal law stories that I've been working on. Some of these you may have seen in the news because most of these happened this summer. The first one comes from California. The headline, self the destruction. A tourist tried to snap a photo of herself at an L.A. art gallery and kicked over $200,000 worth of art. The woman was shown in an embarrassing video crouching down with a camera in front of a row of sculptures at the Simon Birch's exhibit at the 14th Street factory. She had struck a pose, then stumbled and knocked over the display which toppled a line of nine other dominoes, or domino style. Yep, I saw it. There was a film of it. They went over like dominoes. $200,000 worth of art destroyed. Another story from California. The headline, There is a special place in hell for this guy. A man inside St. Gertrude Church in the city of Bell Gardens, California, was caught on surveillance tape stealing a cash box full of donations for the poor. He was shown praying by the box before breaking it open, say Bell Gardens police. Yes, there should be a special place in hell for this guy. All right, California again. Irresistible impulse or unexplained impulse, says the headline. A state judge will lose his job after helping himself to two desk card holders, each worth between 30 to $50. A Napa County judge, Michael Williams, was caught on videotape swiping the pieces of card holders, and they were at the City Club of San Francisco during a meeting of matrimonial lawyers. Judge Williams apologized, saying he had an, quote, unexplained impulse, end quote, to take the holders. He was censured by a state ethics panel and agreed to step down from the bench. Irresistible impulse or unexplained impulse? Canada. A couple of stories I have here from Canada. First one. First headline, lost and found in the worst possible place. The Quebec Health Ministry recently ruled that human error led to a foot-long saw being left behind inside a patient following what? A hysterectomy. Quote, It was like being stabbed with a knife, said Sylvie Dubay, who put up with the pain for two months before doctors found the blade. I hear a lawsuit. Lost and found in the worst possible place. A foot-long saw left inside of a patient after a hysterectomy. All right, legal malpractice. All right, another story from Canada. Not as bad as the first. First. 
The headline, You Snooze, You Lose. A drunken man recently burglarized a stranger's home in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. He made himself a cup of tea and ate a jam-covered tortilla before falling asleep on the coat, the sofa. The homeowner found the sleeping burglar at 3 a.m. and called police. When the police arrived, the suspect appeared more upset about being jarred awake than being arrested, said police. You snooze, you lose. All right, it's not that funny. Okay. Here's one from Cambodia. Well, actually, it's China and Cambodia and maybe South America. The headline says, The frozen mackerel was extra fishy. The frozen mackerel was extra fishy. Custom officers in Shanghai, China, discovered more than a ton of cocaine stuffed inside of packages of packed, I'm sorry, of Pacific mackerel. To reel in the drug smugglers, the Chinese officers repackaged the cocaine and let it continue on its way from South America to Cambodia, where they arrested four suspects, the officers confirm. Frozen mackerel was extra fishy. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, let's come back to the good old United States here. This story is from Idaho. The headline, What Mother Wouldn't Help Her Daughter? An Idaho woman was arrested for allegedly stealing the placenta and umbilical cord from the room where her daughter had just given birth, officials report. Rhiannon Stoneham is her name, suspected her daughter had used drugs during her pregnancy and wanted to hide that from police, according to a report I've read. Miss Stoneham was charged with felony destruction of evidence. She got rid of the what? The placenta and the umbilical cord? Yeah, yeah, that's a bad thing to do. All right. Illinois. Headline. A medieval defense of a third person. Defense of third person is a legal defense in our American law. The headline, a, me a medieval defense of a third person. It's been reported that a Chicago man recently fought off a burglar who broke into his home. The homeowner used a sword from medieval times or from the medieval times restaurant to fight off the burglar. Da Mac Dolan is his name. He's 25, was sleeping in his apartment when he woke up to see a man choking a female house guest. Dolan grabbed his four-foot medieval times sword off the wall and chased away the burglar while brandishing the sword. The burglar was later arrested. Under the law, this amounts to a valid defense of a third person. How about that, huh? All right. All right, just a few more stories here. Okay, okay, we got it. Louisiana. The headline is short and sweet. It says, Idiot. 
A man ditched his friends on the side of the road, flagged down a passing sheriff's deputy, and caused his own arrest. How? When the Lafourche Parish Sheriff's Office ran the ID of Jansen Simon, 30, through a database, it revealed he was wanted for a 2013 hammer attack, according to officials. Simon was charged with bird with battery, not burglary, battery, and two counts of contempt of court for the attack, which left the victim with a fractured skull. That is bad. He is an idiot. Flagging down a passing sheriff's deputy, causing his own arrest. All right, we go now to Maine. Headline. Ho, ho, ho. No, no, no. Police had to chase an alleged car thief who called himself Santa Claus. Maine police had chased the man for 50 miles at speeds reaching 112 miles per hour before they deployed spike strips in the town of Newburgh, Maine, and finally nabbed the driver they later identified as Christos Casares, 54, of Gulftown, that is Gulfstown, New Hampshire. He was not Santa Claus. I repeat, ladies and gentlemen, he was not Santa Claus. All right. Final story today comes from Massachusetts. Headline, what a dummy. A driver in this state was stopped and fined for trying to slip into a carpool lane with a mannequin riding shotgun. Todd Glidden, 44, of Redding, Massachusetts, was given a ticket when the police officer noticed his plastic companion decked out in a hoodie and sunglasses. What a dummy. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. We will be back with you in a moment. But if you like my dumb criminal lawsters, you can always go to my blog at www.birdsongslaw.com and you can read these stories every week or some of the stories of this type. We'll be back with you. I'm going to talk about presidential pardons when we come back. Stay with us, folks. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 
Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong on TalkZone Radio. Glad to be back with you. Glad that you are there. You know, our President Donald Trump has a things hanging over his head. Did he collude with the Russians? We don't know. There's an investigation going on. Did his campaign collude with the Russians for him to win? We don't know for sure, but there's an investigation going on, and the investigation is led by Robert Mueller, who used to be the head of the FBI, person I know personally. I know him to be a good prosecutor, a lifelong prosecutor. Now, because of it, what's going on and that President Trump is under fire, under investigation, He's been talking about maybe he needs to learn more about pardons. And the question comes up, can he pardon his friends and relatives who may be caught up in this whole investigation of the Russian or possible Russian collusion? Can he pardon himself? Well, what does this Constitution say about pardons? I have the Constitution here in my hand. It's a little booklet. We're in Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution. It talks about the president, president shall be the commander-in-chief of the Navy and the Army. And among other things, says that uh, the president shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons of offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. An impeachment if the president tries to pardon himself before impeachment, he can't do that. So, but can he, what can a punch a president do about pardons? Lawrence Tribe is a professor at Harvard Law School, a constitutional professor, constitutional law professor. A fellow by the name of uh, Richard Painter is a law professor at the University of Minnesota who was once the House ethics lawyer for President George W. Bush, and Norman Eisen is a fellow at the Brookings Institute in Washington, D.C., and he was President Obama's uh, House ethics lawyer from 2009 to 2011. Now, they've written some stuff that I want you to hear about. Four days before Richard Nixon resigned, his own Justice Department, Office of Legal Counsel, 
wrote an opinion citing that the president cannot pardon himself, citing the fundamental rule that no one may be a judge in his own case means a president can't impart, can't pardon himself. The writers of this article, they're all lawyers and scholars, agree with this. The Justice Department was right that guidance could be found in the enduring principles that no one can be both the judge and the defendant in the same manner, and that no one is above the law. This comes from England. It's the bedrock of our legal system. The Constitution specifically bars the president from using the pardon power to prevent his own impeachment and removal, and it adds that any official removed through impeachment remains fully subject to criminal prosecution. That provision would make no sense if the president could pardon himself. The pardon provision of the Constitution is there to enable a president to act essentially in the role of a judge of another person's criminal case and to intervene on behalf of the defendant when the president determines that it would be equitable to do so. Here's an example. The president might believe the courts made the wrong decision about someone's guilt or about their sentence. President Barack Obama felt that way about excessive sentences for low-level drug dealers, or the president might be impressed by the defendant's subsequent conduct using powers far exceeding those of a parole board, might issue a pardon or a commutation of a sentence. Now, other equitable considerations could also weigh in favor of leniency. A president might choose to grant a pardon before prosecution of a person when the president believes that the prosecution is not in the national interest. President Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon in part for this reason in 1974. Also, a president may conclude that even if a person has committed a crime, he was acting in good faith to protect the national interest. President George Bush, that's George H.W. Bush, pardoned former Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger in the Iran-Contra affair for that reason. In all of these cases, however, the president is acting as a kind of super judge and making decisions about someone else's conduct. The justice of someone else's sentence or whether it's in the national interest to prosecute someone else. He is not making the decision about himself. These writers go on to say that self-pardon under this rubric is impossible. What's the foundational case in the Anglo-American legal tradition? It's a case called Thomas Bonham versus College of Physicians, commonly known as the Dr. Bonham's case. It, it happened in 1610. The Court of Common Pleas determined that the College of Physicians could not act as a court and a litigant in the same case. The college's royal charter had given it the authority to punish individuals who practiced without a license. However, the court held that it was impermissible for the college to receive a fine that it had power to inflict. They ruled one cannot be judge and attorney for any of the parties. That is, both judge and attorney for any of the parties. Our Constitution embodies this broad precept against self-dealing in its rule that congressional pay increases cannot take effect during the Congress or during the, the time that the Congress that enacted it. 
in its prohibition against using official power to gain favors from foreign states and even its provision that the chief justice, not the vice president, is to preside when the Senate conducts an impeachment trial of the president. The Constitution's pardon clause has its origin, I'm sorry, has its origins in the royal pardon granted by a sovereign to one of his or her subjects that comes from England. The writers of this article are aware of no precedent for a pardon from a sovereign for himself or herself. Now, we know not a single instance of self-pardon, say these writers. We know of no single instance of self-pardon having been recognized as legitimate. They then go on to say even the Pope does not pardon himself. On March 28, 2014, in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, Pope Francis publicly kneeled before a priest and confessed his sins for about three minutes. President Trump perhaps thinks he can do a lot of things just because he's the president. He says that as president, he can act as if he has no conflicts of interest. He says that he can fire the FBI director for any reason he wants. In one sense, Trump is right. He can do all of these things, although there may be legal repercussions if he does do them. Using official powers for corrupt purposes, such as impeding or obstructing an investigation, can constitute a crime. Remember the first article of impeachment for Nixon was obstruction of justice. Well, According to these writers, and according to what I know of constitutional law, the president cannot pardon himself. As a matter of fact, I think it would be a very difficult thing if he did that, or even tried to do that. It would probably start a constitutional crisis that this country does not need to deal with. Now, another author, he is a law professor, Jonathan Thurley, says Trump probably can legally pardon himself. And we're going to talk about that a little bit after the break, give you another aspect of it. I don't agree with Jonathan Turley, but I want to give you both sides of this pardon notion that the president has power to do. As you know, you're listening to Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I come to you live on Thursdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Talk Zone, Internet radio at its best. You can find out more about me by going to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can also buy my books off my website. There's information about me and my background. I am a law professor now. I was once a diplomat for the United States and once a federal prosecutor. As I said earlier, you can read some of my dumb criminal law stories whenever you want to by going to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, birdsongslaw.com. We will be back with you for me to talk about Jonathan Turley and what he says about the president being allowed to pardon himself or his family. This is Leonard Birdsong. Stick with us, folks. We are happy to have you. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, I am a law professor, and I know something about constitutional law. I'm here on Talk Zone every Thursday. Love being here with you. The last segment, we talked a little bit about three law professors or two law professors and a former House ethics lawyer for President Barack Obama who say <clears throat> Trump can't pardon himself according to the Constitution. There's a fellow by the name of Jonathan Turley. He is the Shapiro Professor of Public Interest Law at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Now, he's recently he has recently written that the president probably could legally pardon himself or his family, but goes on to say he probably shouldn't do it. Jonathan Turley has written, President Trump has re- reportedly looking into using his poor pardon power in response to an expanding special counsel investigation of Russian influence in the 2016 presidential election. If he really did pardon his aides, his family, or himself to head off Robert Mueller's inquiry, the move probably would be constitutional, but ultimately self-defeating for the president, says Turley. In using his power to pardon potential witnesses against him, President Trump probably could convert a weak criminal investigation into a full-fledged impeachment effort. In 1833, Turley reminds us that the Chief Justice John Marshall upheld a presidential pardon by Andrew Jackson by saying that a pardon is an act of grace by a president, an act of grace by a president. A pardon in these circumstances would not be viewed as an act of grace, but a gratuity from an isolated president. That is bringing it down to Trump and his family. It wouldn't be an act of grace. It would be viewed as an act of uh, a gratuity from an isolated president. Mr. Turley goes on, and I should say Professor Turley, says that Trump clearly possesses the authority to pardon associates and family members under Article 2, Section 2 of the United States Constitution. I read it to you a little earlier. It says, President shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. 
Although presidents have tended to wait for convictions before issuing pardons, Trump can do so in anticipation of federal charges. In a case called Ex Parte Garland from 1866, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that the pardon power may be exercised at any time after its commission, either before legal proceedings are taken or during the pendency or after conviction and judgment. That is precisely what Gerald Ford did when he pardoned Richard Nixon before any charges were brought against Nixon in 1974. Now, the issue of uh, whether a president can pardon himself is really an unanswered question under the Constitution. It's never happened in the history of our republic. Even Richard Nixon didn't stoop to a self-pardon, although he did research it. Neither did Andrew Johnson, the first president to be impeached, or Bill Clinton, the second one to be impeached. They were both impeached by the House, but not removed by the Senate, as you may recall. Nixon was not impeached because he resigned. Professor Turley goes on to write that pardoning his associates, that is, if Trump pardoned his associates at this stage, this would clearly have a tactical benefit because the historical and political costs of that would be immense. The most obvious reason for issuing pardons now would not be to protect any of the key people from jail, but to limit Mueller's leverage over witnesses. As we know, the special counsel, Mueller, has selected a team of prosecutorial heavyweights, some of whom are known for flipping witnesses and using pressure to secure their cooperation. Well, all prosecutors do that. But a pardon removes the option and reinforces the ability of close associates to take a hard line with investigators. Once the person has been pardoned, the members would legitimately be described or could be described as abuse, but it wouldn't be unprecedented. History tells us that President Thomas Jefferson pardoned what are called Jefferson Republicans accused of treason under the Alien and Sedition Act. He also issued a pardon for Eric Bowman that would have allowed Bowman to testify against Aaron Burr in 1807. Jefferson and Burr had received the same number of electoral votes for the presidency, and there was a tie brokered by Alexander Hamilton whose own conflicts with Burr would later lead to the duel in which Aaron Burr killed Alexander Hamilton. The most recent abuse of a pardon was by Clinton, that is President Clinton. Some of you are old enough to remember that President Clinton waited until his last day in office to pardon billionaire Mark Rich, generally considered one of the least worthy recipients of a pardon in history. Jimmy Carter, former president, denounced the abuse of the pardon power for Rich as, quote, disgraceful and attributed Clinton's decision to his large gifts, that is, the large gifts that Rich's wife gave to the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton race for the White House. Worse yet, on the same day, President Clinton pardoned his half-brother, Roger Clinton, in an open abuse of pardon power to benefit his family. 
Now, Trump could attempt to justify pardons on the basis that any mistakes that were committed last year were simply the result of novice aides unfamiliar with politics. After all, in 1795, Professor Turley writes, George Washington pardoned the leaders of the Whiskey Rebellion, that was in 1792, justifying his decision by by dismissing one of them as, quote, a little short of an idiot, end quote. The idiot rationale, though, does not sit well with Trump's anyone would have taken that meeting defense, nor would it be in keeping with Trump's carefully maintained public image of himself and his children. Some of Trump's aides could obviously use a pardon. Who do we think of? Paul Manafort and Michael Flynn are facing credible claims of violating what's known as the Foreign Agents Registration Act, F-A-R-A or FARA. FARA violations are almost universally addressed administratively, not through criminal prosecutions. Indeed, there have only been three prosecutions under FARA since 1966. That's when the law was revised. Nevertheless, prosecutors could threaten a FARA charge to induce cooperation, and they've done that. Pardons, presidential pardons, would not necessarily end an investigation. Even if everyone were pardoned, Mueller, the special counsel, could and probably would issue a report to Congress. Likewise, the congressional investigations would continue. Indeed, with pardons, witnesses could lose protections against self-incrimination and could more easily be forced to testify. If they didn't testify, they could be jailed, as under contempt. New crimes, such as perjury, could fall outside of the pardon, and such a pardon would not protect against state charges. Pardons by a president only go to officials to official wrongdoing and crimes against the United States. Finally, the difference could be that the focus would shift from potential counts for indictment to counts for impeachment. That change is not an improvement for protect for President Trump. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, folks, but it's going to be interesting. Tactical pardons are like burning bridges, Professor Turley says. They can slow an investigation, but they rarely stop a determined foe like Mueller. Instead, it tends to encourage and swell the rank or ranks of opponents. In the end, a pardon of Trump's allies and family, let alone himself, would destroy any legacy of Trump's and demean his office. The presidential pardon remains one of the most majestic and storied powers of our Constitution. Alexander Hamilton once stated that the unfettered power given to a president reflects its foundation in, quote, humanity and good policy. Neither humanity or good policy would justify pardons at this stage of a Mueller investigation. So now maybe you've learned a little bit about pardons. We don't know whether President Trump will use them. But across the Constitution, my reading says, no, he can't pardon himself. But I think, and Jonathan Turley also says that he could 
perhaps pardon himself, but it wouldn't be good for him. But he certainly can pardon his friends and relatives, and maybe he will do that. Now, just a sideline to this whole thing about pardons that's swirling around and the president may be thinking about is the story that came out yesterday in the Washington Post by a fellow by the name of Philip Pump, Bump, not Pump, Philip Bump. He wrote, seemingly out of, seemingly out of the blue on Wednesday morning, that's yesterday, President Trump took to Twitter to announce that he would not allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the United States military. The rationale? He says the military cannot be burdened with tremendous medical cost and disruption that transgender people in the military would entail. Now, I don't know, according to what Bump says here, the questions of cost, presumably referring to procedures like gender reassignment surgery, was addressed in a RAND report that estimated that 0.04 to 0.13% Increased military health care expenditures should transgender people be allowed to serve. President Trump has proposed a 10% bump in overall military spending, which would cost or which could certainly absorb uh, the increase that the Rand Corporation found out in their report. Now, myself, I think this would be a bad move to ban transgender people from the military. Not only do I think it's a bad move, and many Republicans have come out against it, we need every person who wants to fight and serve their country to serve without discrimination. I do not think that transgender persons should not be allowed. I think that President Trump is using this as a distraction from the Mueller investigation into whether his campaign colluded with the Russians in getting him elected. As a matter of fact, President Trump came out with this order not as a presidential order, not through the Department of Justice, I'm sorry, Department of Defense, but instead he tweeted this information. His Secretary of Defense was on vacation when he did this. It certainly sounds much like a distraction. We will see what happens. Stay tuned. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I have more information like this in coming days. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232. 
or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. So happy to be back with you on TalkZone Radio. This is Leonard Birdsong, and this is Leonard Birdsong Radio. We've talked about some dumb criminal law stories today. We've talked about the Constitution of the United States and the pardoning power of the president. I've given you some both sides of the argument from legal scholars as to whether the president can pardon himself and his family. Some say absolutely no. That's a position I take. He can't pardon himself, but probably his family. Uh, some say yes. But right now, we're going to do something lighter. I'm going to read you some news tidbits. These are not necessarily about dumb criminals. These are some things in the news that I come across. I love reading the news. and been reading the news since I was about 12 years old when I got my first paper route. I'm always fascinated by things that people do. So these are some stories you may not have heard over the last week or two, but I'm going to bring them to you. Headline for our first story. It was a real eye-opener. British surgeons removed 27 contact lenses lodged in the eye of a Birmingham, England woman. The 67-year-old woman went to the hospital for cataract surgery when the ophthalmologist discovered a bluish mass in her eye, according to a medical report. It turns out to be a clump, or it turned out to be a clump of 17 contact lenses. Another chunk of 10 lenses were found on the same eye. You see, she had been wearing monthly disposable contacts for 35 years, but not disposing of them. It was a real eye-opener, folks. Now, this next story says, This will really perk you up in the morning. This will really perk you up in the morning. Best Herbs Coffee, LLC, is voluntarily recalling some of its coffee because it contains what? The active ingredient in Viagra. The presence of desmenthyl carbonated offal could cause problems for people who take heart and blood pressure medications, according to the federal DA. That is uh, the Food and Drug Administration. 
Viagra in your coffee? This will really perk you up in the morning, it says. <laughs> this little story, this tidbit comes from Oregon. Oregon transportation officials faced a very sticky situation last Tuesday. A truck tipped over and spilled 350 gallons of glue on Interstate 105, leading to cleanup efforts that stretched into last Wednesday. Quote, it's sticky and it's hardening on the pavement, end quote, said Oregon Department of Transportation Manager Kevin Finch. Another quote, we're struggling to get it off the pavement pavement at this point without using extremely hazardous chemicals. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. This next story comes, or this next news tidbit story comes from Ohio. An Ohio man's prosthetic leg saved his life after he went overboard. Adam Shannon of Doylestown, Ohio, said he was fishing on Donner Lake near his home last Monday in the evening when a seat on his boat broke, sending him into the water. Shannon's prosthetic leg came off as he plunged into the water, and he used it as a flotation device when it got trapped in his pants. Shannon, 45, called for help, and his yelling attracted the attention of a family nearby. Jeffrey and Matthew Krause grabbed their boat, paddled out to Shannon, and lugged him, or tugged him, rather, to shore. Saved by his sea leg, said the headline. <laughs> Saved by his sea leg. All right. Let's see what else we have here. A homeowner in Massachusetts was left a little bit rattled by an unwanted visitor. Animal control officials had to be called. They had to be called in to trap a timber rattlesnake found in urban Springfield. Rattlesnakes are usually rural critters, but this one might have been a runaway pet. It was released elsewhere. And, uh, uh, somewhere a little, it was, sorry, it was released somewhere a little less crowded than the town of Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay. Couple more stories here, news tidbits that I have. See which ones are, oh, here's a good one. Uber really delivers, says the headline. Uber really delivers. A woman in the Sherman Oaks neighborhood of Los Angeles went into labor and called an Uber driver to get her to the hospital. The impatient baby couldn't wait, and prior to the Los Angeles Fire Department arrival, the driver of the rideshare vehicle was the primary assistant for the successful delivery of a newborn in the vehicle. This is according to a statement by the L.A. Fire Department. Mom and baby are okay. The headline, Uber really delivers. <laughs> I like that. Here's a weird story. No, it's not weird. Maybe it's karma type. A Michigan woman said she hassled her fiancé to buy a lottery ticket, finally getting him to pony up for what turned out to be a $500,000 payday. 
Melissa Kramer, 46, tested her partner, but he wrote me back and said he wasn't going to buy me a ticket because she always lost. But he relented and purchased a Lucky Streak scratch-off ticket that won them $500,000. She never won anything, huh? Bet you got to eat that story. All right. Here's one. Another bank is underwater, but it isn't the 2008 financial meltdown all over again. Instead, we learn that a flood destroyed all of the cash inside a vault of the Fox River State Bank in Burlington, Wisconsin. Bank President Keith Pollack said the Federal Reserve will replace every buck. Good for them. All right. Here's the last one today. Last news tidbit. A family in Deerfield Beach, Florida, is dealing with mystery meat. No, not some weird cafeteria confection or concoction, but packages of frozen sausages that crashed through their roof. Quote, it was like thunder and it wakened me out of a sleep, Travis Adar told the TV station in Miami. The family can only guess that the meat fell from an airplane the past Saturday. Mystery meat. Okay. Hope it doesn't happen to my house. All right, folks, so those are news tidbits. Maybe you heard some of those. Maybe you didn't. But I've got a couple of riddles here that I want you to think about. Maybe you can answer. They're not that hard. My riddles aren't that difficult. But let's see what you can do. Here's the first one. Did you hear about the robbery, folks? Did you hear about the robbery? You're saying, what kind of robbery? Well, Two clothespins held up a pair of pants. How about that? All right, here's another one. What is something everyone overlooks? What is something that everyone overlooks? Think about it now. It's not that difficult. What is something everyone overlooks? Give up? Everyone overlooks their nose, folks. Everyone overlooks their nose. Get it? <laughs> I like that. All right. Can you tell me the difference between a TV and a newspaper? What's the difference between a TV and a newspaper? Think about it. Got the, got the answer? Well, folks, you can't swat a fly with a TV. How about that? All right, those are the riddles for the day. I hope you got some of them. I'll be back next week with some more riddles, some more news tidbits, some criminal, uh, dumb criminal law stories, and something probably about the law that you might not know about. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I love being here with you on Talk Zone. I'm here every Thursday from 1 p.
p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But since this is Internet radio at its best, you can get me 24-7. Just go to your computer, type in TalkZone.com, go to the right, to the legal channel, and my program, Leonard Birdsong Radio, will come up. You can also go to my website, LeonardBirdsong.com. Find out more about me. Buy my books there. They're very inexpensive. Also, you can go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw, all one word, dot com. www.birdsongslaw.com. If you want to email me, my email address is lbirdsong at, nope, it's lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from you. It's been fun being with you. I love being on the radio, and I love talking to you. I'll be back with you next week. Next week we'll be into August. Summer is flying by. This is the last Thursday in July. Stick with me, though. I have lots to tell you, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong signing off on Talk Zone today, Talk Zone Radio. Come back and listen to me.